the fire. He will never be impressed by our words. You just have to call out to him. God, I don't even know what to pray, but I have this daughter who's doing these things. I don't even know how to pray for. Anything else we do is not eternal other than our relationship with Jesus, but our prayers continue into eternity. We don't know. We may, we may go to our deathbed still praying for our kids and not having seen the result, but we can trust the Lord with what He's going to do with them and that they are still held by Him no matter what. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm Marie, and welcome to Through the Fire, where we are on the case to tackle the tough issues and the chaos in the culture today with some psychological and theological explanations and applications that we hope will bless you. I'm flying solo today as my darling dear is still in D.C., and I have to say I'm kind of grateful that I get this opportunity to just spend the next 25 minutes with our next guest. And I'm selfishly saying that because she really truly is an authentic, genuine, and real Christian woman. She embodies what living in God's light really, really is. And we're going to take the next 25 minutes to get to know her. Um, Susan Macias, do you say it like that or do you say perfect? You did it perfectly. (laughs) Okay. Susan Macias is a wife, a mother, a writer, and a speaker whose goal is to build strength and courage in women to faithfully follow Jesus, serve their families, and build the kingdom. Her award-winning book, Unceasing, can be found on Amazon, as well as her new devotion, Putting Jesus On. Aside from this podcast, you can get to know Susan better on her website, which is Susan K. It's S-U-S-A-N, the letter K, Macias, M-A-C-I-A-S dot com, where she blogs and shares her podcast, We're Not Done Yet. Welcome, Susan, to Through the Fire, and thank you for joining us today. I know that you're in the midst of a writer's conference, so thanks for breaking away. Um, You say that your goal is to build strength and courage in women to faithfully follow Jesus, uh, to serve their families, and to build a kingdom. So we're talking follow, service, and build God's kingdom. These are values and actions that you hold dear, correct? Mm, so much. You know, I'm, I'm so grateful for the relationship I have with Jesus. I'm so grateful for how he has led my husband and I to build our family and to love and lead our children. And it isn't a guarantee. It's never been a guarantee of how things worked out. It was just it was the best way. And and I think that the church in America, at least when I grew was growing up, it was kind of inactive. It was something you did. It was something you believed and did was to go, go to that, go and say, I went to service. Maybe you go to youth group, but I wanted to live with the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. And, and that is this place of thriving that isn't changed by circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say that because as far as listeners, Susan and I go back to high school together. And I have to say, Susan was always <laughs> one of the kinder, gentler spirits. And she was a cheerleader. She was very, very, of course, cheery, but nice to everybody. I mean, we went to a very, oh, I'd say a clicky, uppity mm, school. How, how are you going to describe it? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. It you was know, tough. moving into high school anywhere, mm-hmm. at any place, is a difficult thing. I moved in in middle school, mm-hmm. which was possible. That mm, mm. middle school is rugged mm-hmm. for you know, even if you live there the whole time. So, but we did. We went. We went to a great high school, but mm-hmm. it had a lot. It was. Yes. It was large. Yes. Very. You know, we had eight hundred twenty-five people in our class, yes. and there was. Um, a concentration of yeah. some who've been blessed with a lot more That's than right. others. And so there, it had its own dynamic. That's right. Okay, first of all, let's start with when you say, you know, you wanted to live with God in, in your life every day, right? So that mm-hmm. that means studying His Word and being in prayer. And, and anybody who looks at your websites will see about you is you're always encouraging prayer. And mm. that's talking to God, right? And listening to yeah. Him, His direction, and following it, even if it's not what you yourself would have chosen. Yeah, you know, I think that um, prayer becomes something that we feel like we're supposed to do a certain way mm-hmm. or we're supposed to have a certain formula for. And and what I discovered through the years, particularly, I had seven children yes. um, in, within um, 14 years. Right. And so, you know, I didn't have time to sit down and and have this. I, had, I, I would buy journals. I had very little written in the journals. Um prayer became this constant conversation with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it was constantly just, you know, as things came up and realizing what a ready relationship that was. Mm -hmm. It was, I didn't have to get in a a position. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to be okay emotionally Mm -hmm. to come to my heavenly father. And I do believe that prayer built my relationship with the Lord as much as being in the word. Mm -hmm. And and if you look in the Word, the Bible is full of places. It talks about from the beginning to the end in Genesis and at the end of Revelation, both have verses about prayer. Mm-hmm. It is it is praying is is just all the way through it, mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of, of references. And so that God values and he offers that. Mm-hmm. He offers this beautiful relationship we can have mm-hmm. um, of, of leaning on him. Mm-hmm. We don't have to figure it out ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't have to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. I make bad decisions all the time, <laughs> um, but I can come to him and rely on him. Yeah. And when I can't fix things, you know, your kids grow up, they get to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. They get to go out on their own and and I can't affect that. Mm-hmm. But I can constantly be talking to the Lord who has them in his hand. Mm-hmm. And one of the things too, because you have four girls and three boys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You say, you know, you can't really control or affect the outcome of what your kids do and their choices they make. But all of your children, they love you and they like you and they want to be home and mm-hmm. they know the Lord. And I think... And you could tell me if this is true because you chose to homeschool your children. Yeah. Yeah. We felt called to homeschool. Um, and I just retired in 2020, um, 27 years of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the most difficult decision we made, but the best. I mean, it was definitely where the Lord had us. It was it was a difficult place. And we saw a lot of families that they didn't come out of it as positively I'm grateful my kids have positive responses to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you know, just like I'm talking about in prayer or when I'm in the word and mm-hmm. that desiring of a heart relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. I desire a heart relationship with my children. Mm-hmm. And and that is where um, being honest with them, yeah. confessing to them, asking for their forgiveness, telling them, you know what, the Lord has really convicted me. 
um, that I'm not doing this. Even mm -hmm. to this day, the Lord has convicted me that the way I responded to you when you've said that thing that drove me crazy, that wasn't the way he wanted me to respond. Right. It, it's that constantly pulling it back. Mm -hmm. So I'm very humbled and grateful mm -hmm. and so continue to pray um, mm -hmm. for my kids as adults because the influences today yes. are clutching at them. And that's because you, you you know talking about prayer and and praying for the children and your children um, and journaling. You have written multiple books and and uh, um, uh, most I mean all of them have prayer as as piece of it. And then you have the journaling, but you have like thirty one days of praying for my daughter. You have praying you know for my kids, and you just have you have these multiple books that really encourage people to really it it unburdens you in a lot of ways because you it, it, like you. Because you you access the Lord, right? And you bring him into the, the whole equation. And he's so powerful and he can take the worst of situations, I mean, the very worst, and turn it into something that's light and something that's beautiful and unrecognizable that we would have, even if, if we could have made our own solution, it would be surpassing that, right? Amen. Yes. And, and he's not on our timetable. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know when that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing about prayers. In Revelation, it says that our prayers are in um, a censer and they are rising as incense before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Anything else we do is not eternal other than our relationship with Jesus, but our prayers continue yes. into eternity. Yes. And so we don't know. We may, we may go to our deathbed mm -hmm. still praying for our kids and not having seen the result, but we can trust the Lord with what he's going to do with them and that they are still held by him mm -hmm. no matter what. And so it doesn't matter if we see result. We just, we just know we have to pray. Yeah, I love what you just said, though, because if we think, okay, I'm saying a prayer, and then when I stop speaking, then it's done, prayer time's over, but it mm -hmm. continues going forward, right? That's mm -hmm. a beautiful way to look at the investment of prayer, because sometimes people are, oh, I'm too tired, or I don't really have time, or whatever, I'll pray tomorrow. You know, we don't have to have this perfect prayer, it just needs to be sincere and from the heart. And then the Lord hears, he promises to hear it. We don't have to make it a, a poetic thing that in order to get his attention. It doesn't have to be so perfect. It just needs to be sincere and from the heart. And he hears, he hears everything that we say. And he promises that. And it, like you said, it's, it's not, he's, he's out of our time. He's not, it, it's not a spell mm -hmm. we're doing, right? Right. He doesn't, he will never be impressed by our words. Mm -hmm. Like he is the word. And he does not need our words to be fancy, mm -hmm. but he does call us mm -hmm. to speak to him. Mm -hmm. And so that idea that we feel like, oh gosh, I don't know what to pray. I guess I won't pray. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know what to pray. Mm -hmm. You just have to pray. You just mm -hmm. have to call out to him. Mm -hmm. God, I don't even know what to pray, mm -hmm. but I have this daughter mm -hmm. who's doing these things. I don't even know mm -hmm. how to pray for. Right. And that is why I wrote the, the one prayer devotional, 31 Days Praying for Our Daughter. It takes scripture mm -hmm. and then draws out things to pray yes. directly from scripture. Right. And it just because people are going, I don't, I don't know what to pray. Yes. You know, I just feel like I'm praying the same thing. Please make her quit doing that. You know, well, okay, there's got to be something better to pray than that. Well, let's pray the word because right. that's where we know we're praying back to God what he desires. Right. And I noticed that, too, whenever you, you write uh, things, that it's not just people reading, but you actually ask a question or you engage or have them do something, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's I, I love 
the format that you do, um, because it's like as if they're sitting across from you and you're having a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what you do also with your, you know, whenever you go live sometimes or whenever you, you, you're doing it. Well, now you're doing your podcast so people can t talk to you that way. But, you know, I love the way that you do that because it, it goes a little bit further. You actually engage different parts of the brain so people are not just in the heart, but they're also having to think about mm -hmm. things, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I think in our day and age, we have the danger of just informing ourselves to death. Like we can get more and more and more information and we can research and we can research, but then we never have to do it. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're doing something because we're finding out about it. Right. But that's not doing it. That's right. And so that that sense of, okay, here's something, but what are you going to do with it? That's right. Is very important. Exactly. So moving to action and, you know, and, and knowing the why of it will show you the how of it. And so uh, I think that's really important, the way that you, you, you engage people and ask a question. I mean, you, you, and you're very open, I have to say. You're very vulnerable. Um, you're very real. Like even right now when you were talking about you're with your kids saying, I did this, I could have done it better, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's really important. Like, you know, that goes back to really knowing the Lord mm -hmm. is in every single moment of our lives. Yeah. So we, we can't impress him. <laughs> he knows everything. He doesn't even know only what we do, but what we think in the yeah. inner part that we don't tell anybody else. Mm -hmm. He knows the inside part of us too. Mm -hmm. So if we really realize that, then we can be open. And what do you hear the biggest complaint from non-believers or from those who've left the church because they're offended? It's because people were hypocrites. Yes. It's because people, their lives didn't match what they believe. And I think most of us want our lives to match what we believe, but it's it's just hard. Mm -hmm. So why not be honest about it? Mm -hmm. And in what better place for us to meet somebody than to say, yeah, you know what? I struggle with that too. That's This right. is hard. It is. And Jesus is still good. But this is hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, okay, so you homeschooled. And so for some people, that's frightening. Uh, it was frightening for me, just so you know. It had to be. It had to be. And with that many children, I can't imagine. I mean, and you're educated. And then your kids went on, by the way, people that might be thinking, well, if you, they I homeschool, can they get into college? And I mean, it, today, do you really want your kids to go to college? But some people do. And so if you do, I mean, your kids went to college. They got in. They're doing, you know, great. They're, you know, so, and the thing, the truth is, is that most homeschooled children fare better uh, mm -hmm. and they, they finish, they actually finish their degrees uh, and sometimes quicker. And not all my kids went to college. No. Um, they, they were on, uh, very entrepreneurial mm -hmm. and they started businesses early. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, my son was at 19, the youngest person in the San Antonio firefighter um, unit for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so... It, they didn't have to go to college. That's right. And I also then have a daughter who's in law school. So we have it that that didn't um, determine their value or success right. level. That's right. But if they needed that yeah. to go to where they wanted to want to do, then they should get a degree. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, but they wanted to be a wedding photographer, yeah. then why go to school for four years, yes. have a bunch of debt, and then start being a wedding photographer? I agree. Just start when you're 18. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Start honing your craft, right? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and the, the important thing is, though, is to use your time and your talent and align it with your values, your purpose, your faith, right? And mm -hmm. live your life authentically. And that does take sacrifices. Uh, it does take discipline. And it does take a lot of faith in the Lord to to write things and so that you don't or to help you learn from things whenever you, when you make a mistake. Because if not, you're just so scared to do anything. 
You know, you can stay mm-hmm. frozen. So um, I the reason, another thing that I wanted to talk about, and then I wanted to go through this, is you, um, okay, you're a writer, so you've written these books. And I want um, our listeners to know that they can uh, look you up and, to, again, to, to get, uh, to look at your books on Amazon or your website and also at familyvisionmedia.com. We will have that information here. But you wrote, you wrote an article for the Joyful Life magazine, mm-hmm. and that's joyfullifemagazine.com. And it was titled Five Traditions to Start with Grandchildren from Making Lifelong Memories. What prompted you or inspired you to write this article, and why is it important to do that? Well, I have eight grandchildren, mm-hmm. uh, two more coming this summer, so I have 10. And, you know, I wanted to... I, I want to intentionally think about how to do this new role well. Um, this is a new place. And so I want to do it in a way that when, once again, they're growing up in this current world, mm-hmm. right? They're growing up in a place that has so many messages coming at them. Mm-hmm. They don't get to even just be a child mm-hmm. and and not worry about things like sex and gender and all that, because mm-hmm. they're just shoved down their throats mm-hmm. from, from a very early age. So how can I intentionally um, build relationships with them so I remain in a place of influence in their lives? Mm-hmm. God is a generational God. This is a generational faith. Uh, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 78. And it talks about that you would tell your children that they would tell their children and their children and their children's children. Yes. That's five generations within yes. one verse. That's that's the vision. Mm-hmm. Um but then it gets where we think, oh, we've got to do something expensive. We've got to do something that is, um, you know, big. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a real proponent of you don't have to do big. Mm-hmm. You have to do regular. Mm-hmm. You have to do opening to do real. Mm-hmm. And that, that is actually what kids want. They don't, they don't, you know, a whole day at a, at a theme park is exhausting. <laughs> and it's kind of fun and kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, going out to breakfast regularly at the same place builds a whole bank of memories mm-hmm. that they'll have forever. And I have that influence of grandparents either in my kids' lives or in my life that that's where I learned that from. So you're ta- you you're saying it first of all you don't it doesn't require money, but it mm-hmm. does require intentionality and being consistent, right? And mm-hmm. so you you listed in this article five things that people could start to do, that p- grandparents could start to do. So if you don't mind, can I go through them? Yeah. I, I loved it. I have to say, I was like, oh, this is, and, and then the response to it has been great, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course, she's a homeschooling mom. She's noticed all kinds of things. So here we go. Um, make, the first one is make your home welcoming. You know, if you go in, if your grandkids come in and you're worried about them breaking your stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to treat them differently. Mm-hmm. Than if they come in and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just think that that's an attitude shift. Of, uh, if I still at this stage of life can't have things on my coffee table because my little precious knickknacks are going to get broken, mm-hmm. then put them on the top shelf mm-hmm. and have it where your grandkids can just come and enjoy being in your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. I think that's that's true. What you said, you will treat them differently because you'll be watching them, right? To 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 police them, mm-hmm. to, to to behave a particular way when they're children. So number two, you said visit and revisit a, a favorite restaurant. Yeah, my mother-in-law did this really well. There's, um, I don't know if you remember in San Antonio, Jim's Coffee Shops. Okay, Jim's Coffee Shops is where my husband and I uh, dated. We couldn't afford anything, so we would meet there. 
I would get a grilled cheese sandwich and French fries and A1 sauce and constant comment tea. That was what I would have every single day when whenever we went. I mean, that's where we that's where we dated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's just it, the thing was not, it, you know, it's it's eggs and bacon and, you know, mm-hmm. just sandwich, you know, they would get pancakes or whatever. Yes. But the point being that they could go there regularly because it wasn't expensive. It that's didn't right. need to be a fancy place, but they always went with her. That was their and place. to this day now, that's where they think of her. And the day of her funeral, mm-hmm. all the grandkids went together to Jim's coffee shop. Oh. Because they wanted to go in honor of grandma. Mm-hmm. That's where she took them. And so to go there, they sat around a table and shared memories about her. And, you know, that was, she had no idea. I don't think that the, the depth of the memories she was mm-hmm. building with them mm-hmm. by just a simple thing. It was down the street. It was easy. It was inexpensive. And she could do it repeatedly. Yeah. Repeatedly with kids is huge. Yeah. Because it's constant. You build yeah. a constancy in their lives. Yeah. And then now that she's gone, they can go there and just have a good memory and kind of a touchstone, right? And remember exactly. her. That's yeah. good. It's really good. Okay. The third one you said is establish a signature recipe. I thought that was fabulous. I have to say, especially today. <laughs> tell, tell me yeah. about that. Well, think about today. Home cooking is not that common anymore. You know, I mean, it really isn't. So it's just finding a thing. You don't have to make 12 different things. Find something that they associate with you. So my mom has a coffee cake. I make the coffee cake all the time. And everybody says, and all my kids make the coffee cake, but nobody can make it like Grammy. Grammy's coffee cake is Grammy's coffee cake. (laughs) And we can still make the recipe, but she makes it the way she makes it. And so that is, that's her coffee cake. And so whenever now um, we make the coffee cake, we think of her. So it's a simple thing. My the the particular way my dad grilled chicken, he always grilled it the same way. So it's Papa's chicken. <laughs> it's just simple, you know. And so having that one thing, you don't have to know how to. Isn't that good news? We don't have to know how to make twelve things well. Yeah. You just have to figure out one thing and make it often enough that they think of you when they eat it. Mm-hmm. You know what's really great about this, these is, is you're talking about them. I'm observing that what's wonderful about it is that. Children at different ages are able to communicate, right, differently. And some have a hard time doing that. And, and so connecting with them with, with these kinds of different uh, consistencies, it's, it's giving them feelings, right? So they mm-hmm. can connect with this grandparent um, and, and through feelings, and that's instilling memories. You have sense, right, because you have the sense of mm-hmm. smell. And then in the in, in the in the home and in, in the, the the cooking and the baking, and there's a tonality to it. And I, I'm 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 thinking about that because you. I mean, as a, a therapist, I, I have seen a lot of people with different generations. Sometimes they don't even speak the same language. But if you have this kind of thing that children of all ages can can remember and count on, that this is. This is a place, like you said, uh, make your home welcoming. You also say in that article and, and other places where you've written and talked that that also includes like maybe having a space where that's where you have toys for the kids or games, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's like the kid's space. So they have a special thing that's just theirs. And I think just, I mean, that's easy for anybody to do, whether it's a drawer with candy, secret candy in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have uh, just a couple of little boxes of toys. My two-year-old grandson lives in Fort Worth. And when he gets, he walks in the front door and he goes straight to the closet. He knows. He knows the toys are. See? And so that's just, it makes me so happy. And he's two. And he's two. 
He just turned two. See? And so you think about his vocabulary and his ability to communicate. I mean, they're making lots of noise, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're being able to communicate everything that's going on in their little heart, right? But he has that feeling of connectedness to you and expectation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And constancy. Um, Okay, so the next one that you had on there was uh, number four is teach them your favorite game. Yeah. And that comes really from my grandfather taught me how to play cribbage. Mm -hmm. And that's an old um, card game, Mm -hmm. but um, that is totally connected for me with him. And we also um, used to vacation in Colorado with him. And so now when we go to Colorado with my kids, we always play cribbage there. Mm -hmm. And so there's something there that's this family connection, but kids love to play games and games are valuable sense of learning, waiting your turn and um, losing well, (laughs) uh, winning well, you know, all the things you get to practice while, you you know, candy land, shoots and ladders, whatever it is. But so right now I'm playing candy land and shoots and ladders with the kids because that's (laughs) what we can do when they get old enough. I'm going to teach them cribbage because my grandfather did. And it made such an impression on me. And it's something still carry with me. Right. And and the thing is, like you said, they're learning how to take direction, how to wait mm-hmm. their turn, right? How to lose gracefully, how to celebrate other victors, you know? And and I think the sense of competition is really important because um, sadly, a, a few years ago, um, I, I, I want to say the 70s and 80s, we got into this thing about just participation and everyone should be just proud of participation. And this whole sense of, of actually trying to be good at something in competition, celebrating that got lost. Uh, it was a terrible, terrible thing that we did. And uh, I think learning in a safe, fun uh, environment with your family, how to be a good sport and how to be competitive, that's very important because life is, I mean, it is a competitive world. And we have to learn how to do that in a fair, good way, right? Yeah. And you have to know you don't always win. Exactly. And you have to know that when you do win, other people sitting around the game have feelings too. Exactly. And so your happiness is not the only emotion being felt at that moment. That's exactly so right. So it gives you that opportunity to develop empathy, yes. joy, and empathy. Yes, that's exactly right. And it's so important because a lot of people do not learn that. And, uh, you know, and, and practicing that at home and being taught that by the people that love you the most. And they're passing this on, right? Because time, again, you're giving time to, to your kids and the grandkids. Right. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, without a screen, without electronics. Yeah. Just simple time with them. That means so much. Yeah, with real Mm -hmm. emotions and real words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Number five, you said, share your own passion or hobby. Yeah, because once again, that's not going to be expensive. And that can be something simple. You know, it. Um, my grandfather, the one that taught me cribbage, also taught me to love to hike. Mm. And so we would just go on hikes. And that's, you know, that was something that he loved to do. Um, and so it's that simple thing that you makes you unique. Mm-hmm. You get to share that with your grandkids, mm-hmm. kind of in a different way than you shared it with your kids, because your kids are around you all the time. <laughs> well, your grandkids are just have these moments with you. Mm-hmm. And so you get this chance to um, to share with them a special thing that makes you you and that they're always going to remember. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a chance to teach them something they wouldn't learn otherwise. Yeah. You said uh, our grandchildren come to know us deeply by experiencing our passions with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're inviting yeah. them into things that really matter to you and that you enjoy, right? Yeah. 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 And it can be something as simple as sitting down and watching the Spurs game on TV. <laughs> you know, if you would, okay, I, I just, 
placed myself location. <laughs> I am a San Antonio Spurs fan. And um, and we're gonna or, or we're Aggies, we're mm-hmm. Texas AM. You know, and so sharing uh that passion is a fun family thing. It's yeah. a fun family connection. We were a military family, our kids moved all over. Mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs were this connection to the city and to um, their grandmother, particularly, that um, was a thing that we shared. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't have to cost money. It was sitting around and watching the Spurs Mm -hmm. and maybe getting a pizza. Mm -hmm. But that was it. Uh, You also say uh, in in this article, and I love that you give these five very doable steps, right? Intentional, repetitive. Okay. Intentional and repetitive. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. Anybody could do it. But then mm-hmm. you go on and you say, maintain realistic expectations. You said, my job as a grandma is to smile, invest the time, make the effort, and keep showing up. Those are the things I can control. I cannot control my grandchildren's response. Yeah, it's very important because they might look bored. They might roll their <laughs> eyes, you know, but getting mad at them about that isn't going to <laughs> build positive memories, right. one. And if you just get discouraged and stop, mm-hmm. you're not going to build memories either. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were many times when my mother-in-law said, let's go to gyms, and they might have said, oh, again. <laughs> but in the long run, mm-hmm. it has built a strong memory and sweet place. So you just smile and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and don't worry about, you know, a six-year-old gets to act like a six-year-old, mm-hmm. you know. A 12-year-old is going to act like a 12-year-old, but you just keep building into them and loving them anyway. And and it creates this whole safe place um, in spite of their worst behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Erickson's theory of social development, it talks about all the different ages and the the ways that we develop and and the expectations that we have as children. And I think it's really important for for parents, if they've never heard of it, to look into it because we have to allow our kids to to go through those stages and we have to guide them into appropriate behavior through them, but not shame them in it, right? And Mm -hmm. you write in there about feeling really down one time um, because you've been, you know, through homeschooling, you were also going to museums and dragging the kids around to, you know, to instill and to teach. And you weren't always getting, like you said, these positive reactions and you're feeling like a failure. <laughs> yes. There was this one time we lived up in Delaware. We were in the military. We were up in Dover, Delaware. And the Magna Carta was coming oh, yes. to Philadelphia. It's huge. I mean, there's like a couple of copies in the world uh-huh. and it was written in the 1200s. I'm so excited. I read a book to my kids. I take them to the Magna Carta. I have a couple of teenage boys. They would have rather died than to have been there. There was a security guard. They were more worried about what the security guard thought about them as teenage boys being there with their mother who was reading out the historical plaque so they could understand the Magna Carta, you know, and they're just like mortified, would rather just crawl into a hole in the ground. Um, you know, it's a, you have to, you just have to take that as a grain of salt That's right. and move on because now as adults, they talk about all the great things they saw yeah. and all the wonderful places we went. And I just get to smile and go, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I remember all of it, but um, I'm going to be glad that you remember that you enjoyed it so much. I love that though, because it's just very real because that is true. You know, last week, this this, uh, I guess you call it a, I don't know, a, a, it's a video chronicle. Uh, this, this, this 
woman decided to to write and be real about raising toddlers because she said, you know, everyone talks about how wonderful it is. It's so lovely and light. And she said, are you kidding me? <laughs> so she she started saying about how, how tough it was and how she couldn't even get out the door and how she'd even get, you know, she would have the best of expectations and, and plans and she'd get sabotaged by her 18-month-old or two-year-old or four-year-old. And so she was real. And so then people started sending in photos of their kids throwing themselves on the ground after five minutes of walking, just different things like that, right? And yeah. and that's that's real. That's re that's really real. But so the kids can act that way, and we can help them, you know, get in touch with their emotions. But then we've got to also look, like you said later on, this is what you said in a word of encouragement. I'm going to say it, uh, read it. You said, don't let a bad attitude, long faces, sighs, or complaints dissuade you. Investing time with your grandchildren in fun, repeatable activities will build memories you cannot buy. The time you invest and the smiles you return for their eye rolls <laughs> will build a repository of rich traditions that someday they will treasure and maybe even repeat with their own grandchildren. I think that's beautiful. You can smile even at their eye rolls because they're being kids, right? But it's right. going to change later if you keep doing this over and over again, investing yeah. in them. Yeah. We need to stand confident in our own position as a grandmother and as our identity in Christ and just not have it be defined by them or their response. Right. And then we're free to just say, man, this is ministry. Yeah. And I get to, I have the privilege of having a part in my grandchildren's lives yeah. and in the generations. I'm going to just do that. Yeah. And, and I'm going to not let that discouragement rule mm -hmm. because then I'll quit. Yeah, exactly. And and listen, I think you have so many people around you right now that we wouldn't let you quit. There's so many people <laughs> following you. Like, what the heck, Susan? You need to get back on this thing. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, truthfully, you are such a blessing to so many people and, and, and an encourager. Um, you are hitting the goals that you have set of wanting to encourage and strengthen women to to live purposefully, to serve their families, to raise uh, children in the, for the kingdom of our Lord and Savior. And you are doing that. And and mm. you are. Thank you. you. You truly, truly are. So um, let me ask you this. Uh, first, before I do, what is uh, something else that you would like our listeners to know before we end this visit, which has been just delightful for me? Mm. What else would I like them to know? Man, that's big. Mm -hmm. um, well, I want them to know that their Heavenly Father stands with His arms open and they can run straight into His arms and He's not waiting for them to get their life together in order to do that. Um, I, my new book that's out is called Putting Jesus On, and it really is that idea of how can we walk in the truth that Jesus gives us every day. Mm -hmm. There's so many lies that the enemy wants to just make us worried about what we're doing wrong. And yet the Lord wants to help us to live in a victorious way, but he wants us to walk with him through the middle of the mud puddles. Mm -hmm. He's not waiting for us to get fixed. Mm -hmm. He wants to walk with us in the fixing. He's the fixer, not us. So I want people to know that he is sufficient mm -hmm. and they are not, and they were never designed to be. That's right. So we need to quit blaming ourselves for not getting everything worked out. Mm -hmm. And we need to turn to the one who is standing, waiting and ready for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, you think about the little kids running to Jesus, but we are little kids to him, right? Mm -hmm. 
We yeah, can do that that's too. He, that's how we're supposed to come to him. Yeah, exactly. We're supposed to come to him like children. Absolutely. And sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and we need to let, like people say, let go and let God, but that's really what that means, doesn't it? Yeah, because mm-hmm. he can pick you up. Um, Susan, how do you want your grandchildren and children to remember you? I want them to remember me as someone who loved them completely um, while knowing them completely and who loved the Lord and desired for them to know him in the same way because of, um, I I want them to know that I had joy in the Lord and that they can have that too, because they remember that they want that. That's lovely. Yeah. And that's something that's long lasting and that matters, Mm -hmm. right? It's eternal. Mm -hmm. Yes. So thank you so much for being with us, for being with me and from sharing, um, from your heart and from your experience. Uh, you are indeed a blessing. Thank you for inviting me. I am so grateful to be here. I I, I just love it. I I encourage everyone to go and buy your book. First of all, putting Jesus on that, that, the title is, uh, I love it. Um, and you can learn more and get to know more about Susan at susankmacias.com. And please look up her article at joyfullivingmagazine.com. And for more information, you can always look us up here at familyvisionmedia.com. And remember, homeschooling is always an option. And um, the Lord is with you through all things. And always remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world, the one that burns and consumes and the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.